Good morning, brothers and sisters. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You talk about a rhetorical question. I know we're glad to be here, aren't we? Let's show the Lord how glad we are. If you want to say hallelujah or thank you, Jesus, that's all right. Thank you, Jesus. I thank him because he woke us up this morning and he touched us with his precious finger of life and got us into this beautiful building on this beautiful day. The Bible says it's in him that we live. It's in him that we move. Are you moving? Then thank God. It's in him that we have all of our ways. So I just want to say thank you, Lord. And I'm glad you're joining me in saying that. It pleases God whenever we thank him, whenever we praise him. And today is a perfect day to do that. This is Father's Day, as we all know. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Would you raise your hand, dads? Amen. Praise God. And, of course, we give honor to the greatest father there is. Amen. All right. Pastor, who's that? Yes, that's our great God. Amen. God, our Father. Praise God. Let's read a Bible verse that he gave us that talks about how much he loves us, how much his son loves us, Jesus. In Psalm 38, I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 8, 38. Here I go. <laughs> okay. Paul says that he is persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God. And you know where it is? He says it's in Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, His Son. Thank you, Father. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. Let's clear our minds. Let's forget about ourselves and concentrate on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of the universe and all there is, we just want to say thank you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We lift up your name today. We exalt thee. There's none higher than you. We're so grateful that you sit high and look low. There's nothing that goes on in our lives that you don't know about, that you can't take care of. These things come along, they might surprise us, but they don't surprise you. You've already supplied the answer to our problems. We need only come to you in faith and love and trust and turn it over to you because you've got it, God. That's your promise. God's got it. And we're so thankful. So thankful. Because we can't handle these things on our own. And Lord, we find out when it gets too hard for us, it's just right for God. So thank you for always being there. Lord, we ask that you bless this service. Bless the people who are here today, almost filling this house today. Bless the car show that we are doing outside. Bless those who are watching over the internet. They're here in spirit. They made the effort to watch this. And we're so grateful. We ask, dear God, that you will bless all our activities today. Fill us with your holy presence. For the Bible says there is fullness of joy at your right hand are blessings and you will show us the pathways of life in your presence. Bless Pastor Roger when he brings the word today to our God. And Lord, we ask that you just order all of our steps according to your word, not our word, your will, not our will, your good pleasure. Now, Father, we just want to say thank you also for the day that we're celebrating, also Juneteenth Day, the day that the slaves were finally freed. And for that, we are so grateful. We say thank you, Jesus, for that. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is indeed liberty. We love you, dear God. We praise you. We magnify you. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You, you may be seated. Thank you. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. 
Vacation Bible School opens this Wednesday, June 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Bear Campus and Saturday, June 25th at 11 a.m. at the Ellesmere Campus. In the past, we have met for dinner before VBS and then began the evening. This year, each campus will have a large group gathering at the beginning. After that, families will have the chance to break off into tribes for the evening to experience different aspects of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Each tribe will have dinner in the course of visiting the various stations. If you would like to volunteer or register your child, go to our website and click on events. CTC Student Ministries has a summer event that has begun and anyone 7th grade through high school is welcome. Every Friday beginning at 9 a.m., students will meet at the home of Daniel and Chrissy Carroll for breakfast, followed by watching the series The Chosen and having some time to discuss each episode. After that, swimming until around noon. If you want to learn more, contact Daniel Carroll at dcarroll at ctcde.church or 302-367-4524. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. still struggling with life in the real world, you're going to love our latest home speaker device. Hey, Dad, what kind of pliers should I use on this? Uh, you should be using a wrench. Oh, do I have a wrench? You have three. Ah, thanks, Dad. Introducing the Dad Personal Assistant, our newest smart speaker with all the character and compassion of a father. Up and at him, it's a beautiful day. Dad, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's a great day to get outside. It's 6 a.m. Well, then you better get moving before it gets any later. Designed with advanced features, the Dad PA connects to all your other smart home devices. Dad, please set the thermostat to 70 degrees. No problem. Setting the thermostat to 68 degrees. Um, no, let's keep it at 70 degrees. Sure thing. Thanks, Dad. We're going to save so much money. He syncs with your calendar to help you stay on track. Looks like you're overdue for an oil change. Oh, hey, you're right. Can you schedule one for Friday? I've already got it scheduled. Just don't miss it, okay? <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> Seriously, don't miss it. The Dad PA is always watching out for you. Lights on. Uh, hey, it's getting late. I think it's about time for Brad to head home. <sighs> Dad? The Dad Personal Assistant includes a wealth of knowledge and opinions on a wide variety of subjects. Dad, can you help me with my taxes? Dad, do you know a good mechanic? Hey, Dad, can you tell me a joke? Sure. The joke is one billion dollars. Yeah, I don't get it. That's right. And you never will. Ah, nice one. <laughs> oh, I'm hilarious. Based on God's original design, the Dad Personal Assistant is wise, caring, faithful, and devoted. Don't worry. You've got this. You are the strongest person I know. You have made me so proud. You are God's child, and you don't need anyone else to complete you, especially not Brad. Really, Dad? I'm just saying, there's other fish in the sea. Okay, wow. The Dad Personal Assistant. Always thoughtful, always dependable, and always there for you. the cornerstone so glad that you're here today and our purpose here at christ the cornerstone is to is to love god and all people so that all people may experience the life-changing love of jesus and our car show today is just one of those opportunities to celebrate life together god instructs his people to live life live it eat drink and be merry so it's appropriate for us to have fun together in Jesus' name. That's what today is about. If you're not, uh, if you're not already here, I invite you to come on over. The car show is going to continue until 1 p.m. this afternoon. We've got lots of wonderful cars to look at.
Breakfast Mission. And Jack, tell us a couple sentences what the Sunday Breakfast Mission is, where you do, and where, where you are, and what you do. Roger, thank you so much. We're so excited and honored, really, that uh, Christ the Cornerstone Churches has decided to uh, bring the proceeds here from the Sunday Breakfast. We serve the homeless hungry and hurting in Wilmington, Delaware. We're right across from the uh, railroad station, but every night we're housing 100 plus uh, homeless. Thank you, thank you for your support. We show them the love of Jesus every day. We are great, grateful to be partners with you in ministry to the homeless, and uh, thank you for being here with us today. If you're in the celebration this morning, we want to remind you to take one of the Welcome Connect cards and put your name on it. If you're uh, new here, we want you to we ask you to put a, put your contact information down there so that we can respond to you in person. And uh, oh no, we got sausage lids coming flowing at us. <laughs> and uh, if you regularly worship with us, it's important to fill out one of the connect cards. It's one of the ways that we stay united in the spirit of God. Being generous is another way that we respond to God's love and to show God that we trust Him in all things. So there's an offering envelope uh, on your chair or on your table, and, and you can give online by clicking the link to do that. After you complete the Connect card uh, or, and the prayer requests, you can place all those things in one of the baskets that's near the door uh, as you leave this morning. Let's continue worshiping God this morning, and I invite you to, in your celebration room to stand, and I'll offer a prayer, and then the team will return and, and lead us in singing. And I'll be in there in just a minute to bring the message this morning. Let's stand together and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity and this day. We ask your blessing to fall upon us wherever we are today, that people would experience your love, your grace, your transforming power in their lives. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we worship you today. You've started good work in our lives. We know that you will be faithful to complete it. Thank you. 
God, we worship you today. We thank you, Lord, that you've invited us to come and be in your presence. Lord, we thank you that we can be together. And Lord, when we look around, when we listen to what the world would say about us, it can bring us down. When we take to heart the things that other people say to us and say about us, it can bring us down. So, Father, today, remind us that we belong to you. Remind us that I am the child of the King. Remind us today, Lord, that you are our Father. That you have made us children, heirs. We thank you, Lord. Who am I that the
of praise. We thank you, Lord, that we are your children. We thank you, Lord, that you have made a place for us. The book of John said, Jesus told his disciples, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back to get you. Why would he go prepare a place if he wasn't coming back to get us? Right? So he made a promise. And like we sang in the opening song, not going to stop now because I don't know if you're familiar with this concept, but God has never broken one of his promises. His word does not lie. It always tells the truth. And we can depend on him. And thank you, Lord, that we can depend on you and what you say about us. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. doesn't matter what anybody else says. So, God, we thank you today for making us a child of God. I thank you today for making me. Can we make that personal today? Can you just, right where you're standing, can you just thank God and say, I thank you that I am a child of God. Because it's personal. It's not just a blanket statement for us. It is, but it's also personal for you and for me whether we think we're worthy or not. But we've made a stand. So God, we thank you for that. We thank you for calling us and choosing us. Setting us apart as your children. Father, we ask you today to move as our pastor comes. We pray your anointing would rest on him. We pray your blessing would rest on him today. Open our hearts that we might receive from you. Jesus and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Life, it can be hard, but we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community, each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. want to take an opportunity. April, come on up here. And we want to take an opportunity to let the children go out with Miss April uh, to have some fun time. So kids, uh, as April goes down, let's say, a, let's say a prayer and a blessing to our kids as they, as they walk out. Go ahead, April. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our children and for our children's ministry, and we ask you to bless them today. Thank you for all that they do. We pray, God, that they will grow to be wise and healthy and strong, as Jesus did to grow in stature and in favor with both God and all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, welcome again, and uh, hopefully I won't glitch this time as, as you're, you're watching me. I think you got, the, you got the main points that I wanted to get across, and it's great to see all of you here this morning. It's a beautiful day outside. You know, we all have skylights uh, so that we can see the sunshine, but you have to go outside to, to see that. And uh, you, you know, as we're continuing our series called You Belong, it is wonderful to, to, to know that you do belong. You belong here. You belong someplace. You belong with your family. You belong with others. And there's no experience in life that we have that we are intended to be alone. I know that there are a lot of times when we're by ourselves. And there are many times that we have to learn how to be by ourselves. But even then, you belong. So we're looking at this theme this morning. You know I like a good joke. I hope you do. And as far as I'm concerned, the only good joke is really a bad joke. I mean, not a nasty joke, but, you know, a bad joke. Since this is the weekend of our car show, I want to start with some irritating jokes. So let me annoy you with a few good, bad jokes about cars. 
Many of you probably have heard this one. You should know this one. But you know what kind of car Jesus gave his disciples, don't you? It was a Honda because the Bible says the disciples were all in one accord. Now, that, that's such an old joke. I'm surprised that you don't know that. But, but did you know that the first mention of an automobile in the Bible is right at the very beginning? Because the Bible says when Adam and Eve sinned, God drove them out of the garden in a fury. Now, you have to be a certain age to remember what a fury is. It was, it was a brand of a, it was a model of a, of a Ford car. Hundred years ago or so, everyone owned a horse. Only the rich could afford a car. But now it's the opposite. Everyone has a car, and only those who can afford have horses. Believe it or not, the stables have turned. So, 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 so Gwen heard these jokes last night, and she is giving the exact same response that she gave last night. All right, well, I appreciate you, Gwen, for doing that. Do you know what happens to a frog's car when it breaks down? Yeah. Somebody said it croaks, but after it croaks, it has to be towed away. Yeah. Where's Daniel and the drums? Anybody here own a Tesla? Did you know that Tesla does not come with that typical new car smell that many people enjoy? Mm -mm. Instead, it comes with an Elon Musk. <laughs> what kind of fuel do you put in a clown car? Laughing gas. So this is for the, the, the international folks from across the pond, a British man stopped at the petrol station to pump up his tire. And on this day, he had to pay 50 pounds to put air in his tire. And he complained to the attendant. He said, he said, last week, I only had to pay 20 pounds. What's up with that? And the attendant shrugged, shrugged his shoulders and said, Meh, that's just the cost of inflation. So this one... Last, last night, this one didn't get any laughs, so I'm testing it on, on you all to see what... I've warmed you up. I've warmed up your senses of humor, so see if you can see how quickly you get this one. Dad decided to wash the car with his son. Everything was going great, but he barely got the roof done when his son shouted out, Dad, can't we just use a sponge instead? Keep working. There we go. There it is. There it is. Last week, as I was studying for the message, I read an inspiring story about a man who invented a car with no wheels. He succeeded, but he had to work tirelessly to get it finished. <laughs> Were you annoyed by any of those jokes? We're going to talk about being annoyed, being irritated this morning, and in our, in our relationships. Because when we belong to one another, there's always going to be friction. There's always going to be something that annoys us. I, I, I almost dated a girl in college once who had an annoying laugh. And this is, this, this, I, 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 she, she, I mean, I, I, Carolyn and I have a beautiful marriage and we're so happy to be together. We enjoy each other. But before I met Carolyn, I, I wanted to date this girl because she was fun. But this is what her laugh sounded like. No matter how funny the joke was. No matter how long she laughed. I mean, can you, can, can you imagine living? I'm sorry if somebody has a laugh like that. But when I was younger, I had a backwards laugh. 
And people would make fun of me, and I don't know if I can do it anymore, but I had to train myself. to. Uh, uh, uh. So what are you going to take? You're going to take that? I can't talk now because I just hurt my vocal cords. Or, <laughs> we all have annoying habits, right? And we still have to live together. Every relationship has to make room for these annoyances. We have, to, we have to get to a place where we expect there to be something in our relationships that we just have to, might have to put up with. So we're going to talk about that this morning because it's part of the book of Ephesians. It's part of God creating a community of people that is filled with love and grace and peace. And even God's presence. Let me say this. You don't always get your way. (laughs) Things don't always go in our relationships the way that we want them to go. And relationships require hard work. You have to work at relationships. And we can't have the same kind of relationship with, with 700 people. A lot of us, a lot of us, especially on Facebook now, we've got, we've got 700, 1,000, 20,000 friends. No, they're not. They're not friends. These are people who are acquainted with you. And many of them you don't even know and they don't know you. And we look at their pictures or their whatever posts they put online and we see that itty-bitty glimpse of their life and we think, oh, I know you. No, you don't. And they don't know you either. That's an important perspective for us to get in our world today. Let's hear what the Scripture has to say to us about living together in community when people rub each other the wrong way. So we're at, we're at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And I invite you to turn to your Bible in there. I think it's page 978, maybe 979 in the Bibles that we've got here on the chairs and the tables. Um, but it's chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. And, and we read these words. Paul is writing this letter to the Christians. These are new Christians. These are people who are new to the faith. They've placed their trust in Jesus. They said, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the grave. And the purpose that you did all those things was to forgive me of my sins, to give me new life, a new start, and to give me the power to live the life that you want me to live. That's what Jesus does for us. That's what it means to be a Christian. And these are young people, young Christians. They might not be young people, but but we know in those days people didn't live to be a hundred years old. And so these are these are new people learning. And that's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner. And and we have to learn how to live this life that Jesus calls us to. And he says, therefore, I, Paul, he's a prisoner serving for the Lord. Literally, he's in prison. I don't know to what degree, whether he's in chains or whether he's in a house arrest situation or whatever at the time when he's writing this or his experience. But he is in prison because of his preaching and his living his life as a Christian. And so he writes to these Ephesians. He says, I beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling. Jesus has called you to live a particular way in your life. So live a life worthy of a calling because God, your Creator, is the one who has called you. And uh, typical to Paul's writing, he's, he's, a, he's a good writer. He's easy to interpret and understand because he, he has good sentence structure. He's, he's a well-educated person. He went to the right school. He starts his paragraph with a, 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 a general statement. And then he supports that with specific details. So that was the general statement. Live a life worthy of the calling that God, your Creator, has for you through Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? 
So Paul says, verse 2, Always be humble and gentle. Dear Jesus, help us. I can't tell you how many, especially as a pastor, I, I am in no way given any unique ability other, that is not available to you to hold my tongue. And there are times when, when somebody says something that I feel my emotions. And, and you, everybody in the staff knows this about me and those who, who know me uh, a little bit know that I do not have a poker face. And any emotion, no, no, don't say it too loud, any emotion that starts down here just comes right up and it comes in my eyebrows, it comes in the twitch of my nose, it comes in the shape of my mouth or the cock of my head or, 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 or the tone of my voice. Whatever I'm feeling comes out and it doesn't matter what I say, what gets communicated is what's happening inside my heart and my gut and my mind. And it is hard for me to, to discipline that. But maybe God doesn't want me to because God's keeping me humble. Do I have to constantly humble myself and say, Roger, be gentle? There are times when I'm not gentle. And I appreciate the times when people come to me and say, Pastor, that hurt. And I say, I'm sorry. Can we love each other? Paul says, always be humble and gentle and be patient with each other. Look at this next phrase, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort. There's the work that that word effort literally means physical effort. It means work. It's the same word that would be used in the military when the sergeant says, there's a pile of dirt over there. It's got to get moved over here. I want you to use every effort in your body to move that pile of dirt from there to there. And then when you get done with it, I want you to work again to move it from there to there. This, what Paul is saying is, this is deliberate, intentional, everything about us. Work. Make every effort To keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Not united in the dirt. Not united in the manure. Not divided in a million different pieces. Because we can't stand each other, so we've got to make every effort to stay united in the Spirit. We're not just talking about any Spirit. We're talking about God's Spirit. God's good Spirit. What's the ancient word for the, that means good? Holy. Set aside. Righteous. Perfect. Loving. Holy. Spirit. This is, this, is, this, is the, this is the foundation of being able to be humble, being able to make allowance for each other's faults. It's being united with the Spirit. And if you're having trouble with somebody... You've got to come back to the Spirit and say, Oh, Holy Spirit, I need Your help to remain united with my brother or sister in Christ. And then the next phrase says, Binding yourselves together with peace. Now, the outcome of this unity in the Spirit is going to be peace. And it's going to be a... a, a a bond. <sighs> Look at my ring. Look at my finger. You see that? I got a little ring finger. I'll go put it in the dark. What is that ring? That ring is the outcome of a, a decision that Carolyn and I made 30 what year is it? One years ago. It's, it's, it's a bond. It's a ring around my finger signifying to me and to everyone else that I am in a bond with Carolyn. Don't get in there because there's no room for you. <laughs> and it says to me, don't go outside of there 
Because this is where you belong, Roger. There's a bond in here. And God has a bond of peace for us through the Holy Spirit. So make every effort to keep yourselves united in your spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Why? Because there is only one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for for the future. And then Paul goes into this this next section with just kind of a proclamation, almost a, a creed, of who, what, what this is. And it says, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. This is why the Scriptures say, he, When He ascended to the heights, He led a crowd of captives. And He gave gifts to His people. Notice that it says He ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. Jesus was and is here with us. And the same One who descended is the One who ascended higher than all the heavens so that He might fill the entire universe with Himself. (laughs) The only way Jesus could get to the whole world is to go back into heaven. He's got that perspective. And He sees every one of us. And He has a gift for you. I believe He has more than one. And He made you unique. And He made you to belong someplace. And that whatever to whatever you belong is not complete until you are there. And you are not complete until you are there. Come to Christ. Find your life, your hope, your peace, your purpose, your place. In Jesus Christ. I want to go back to verses 2 and 3. Spend our rest of our time there. I want to look at this word, make allowance for each other's faults. I'm going to move over here. Drag over here. I got a trash can. I got a basketball hoop. Years, a few years ago, in, my, in one of my other churches, I was having a, 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 a team. I'm going to kind of twist this so you guys on this side can, can see it. And it's got part of our verse here. It says, drop your faults here. And this word allowance literally means to make space for. Here, I'll turn it over this way so you all can see it too. Make a space for. Your faults because of your love for one another. So I was in this meeting, and there were about 12 of us sitting around the table, and I hung a fishnet, a small fishnet from the ceiling right over the table, and I put this verse right on it. Make allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love. And I said, what this word allowance means is literally to make a space for. So make a space for each other's faults. Out of your love for each other. And, and that's where I said, I said earlier, we've got to expect there to be faults in our relationships. And if we don't expect it, we're going to be surprised when they show up. And we're not going to react in the loving way that Christ wants us to react. We need, to, we need to understand that there are going to be problems, so we better learn how to deal with those problems in our relationships quicker than later. <laughs> because the sooner we learn that, the better off we can enjoy the relationships that we have, and the more skilled we'll get in, in working through these kinds of things. So we're going to make space for problems. I think one of, the, one of the first things I said to Christ the Cornerstone when I came here five years ago We're in our sixth year. I think that's wonderful. Five years ago, I said, I'm not perfect. And I'm going to make decisions that you don't like. I'm going to say things that you don't like. Not on purpose, but because I have faults in me. And I ask for your grace. And and you also have faults. And I'm going to work to give you grace, too. (laughs) So we make space in our relationships for our faults for each other. So I was in this, in this meeting with, 
with the people. The net was hanging up there, the verses there. And I gave each person a piece of paper, just like you have a piece of paper, uh, kind of a vanilla-colored piece of paper. And I encourage you to take that now and grab the pen that's on your chair or on the table and think about somebody. And this is what I did in the meeting. Think about somebody. could be a family member, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker. Just think about a person, whoever pops into your head first. And then write down on that piece of paper one fault that you have with that person, that you see in that person. Maybe they've got that annoying laugh. I've got to stop doing that because that hurt. I, I was probably 13 years old when I decided nobody likes that laugh. I've got to figure out how to laugh differently. <laughs> so I came up with that one. <laughs> Whatever. I said to the people at the table, just like you're doing now, write down one fault of a person in this room. And so we were <laughs> writing we're going to, and then I, and so everybody's nervous. We're going to share these. You're going to make me confess. What are you going to do? I says, no, let's take your paper and let's just wrinkle it up. And let's all put the faults in the right place and let go of it. We make space for our faults. I don't know if you're in the front here. If you want to shoot it to, to try to get it in the basket, go for it. You going to do it, Ariel? Let's see what we got. <laughs> Almost. Uh, assist, assist. There we go. That's what this word means. Make allowance for each other's faults because you make space in your relationships. Expect there to be faults. And you know what? If somebody has written down your fault and dro- or a fault, uh, you, no, you have written a fault about somebody and thrown it in here. I can guarantee you that somebody is writing down your faults and throwing them in here too. So be a little humble about that. Keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Making allowance for our faults does not mean that we simply accept bad or wrong behavior. It doesn't mean that we have to put up with it. It just means that, we, that we're not surprised when it comes out. And it does mean that we're going to deal with it. And just because you admit your own fault, that doesn't mean that you can continue to do it. But it means that you confess it and you recognize it and you humble yourself before God and before others. And we also need to, need to say to others, would you help me with this fault? I can't tell you. I've told you I've been married 31 years. And I have faults that Carolyn has identified 31 years ago. And now and then they still come out. But she has bound herself with me in a bond of peace through the Holy Spirit so that we have the ability to work through it. And I can say, Carolyn, I am so sorry I did that again. I need your help. Keep loving me. Keep reminding me. And and, and I think that's the same relationship we need to have with God because some of us have faults that God knows we have. And we may think we're hiding it from somebody else, but God knows every fault that you have. And I think today may be the opportunity, one, for you to come to Christ and say, Lord, I have not been honest with you or myself, and I need your help in my life. I confess that I need you, Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross to forgive my sins so that I can get up and not be condemned, but by your grace in my life, I am given new life. And I have a life to live. That's what Jesus has for us. And maybe we've been a Christian for a long time, but we're still keeping things. We're still doing these things and we get arrogant in it and say, I'm just that way. It's going to be that way forever. Get used to me. Well, that's not really the way that God wants us either, I don't think. That may be true. God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and the infilling of His Holy Spirit. 
When we fail, as a, as a group of people, people who call ourselves Christian, that means somebody who places their trust, their allegiance to Jesus, they're willing to follow Jesus and do what Jesus says. When we fail to make allowance, when we fail to stay united in the Spirit, when we fail to bind ourselves together to peace, we tear apart the body of Christ. And it can be torn from limb to limb. And what good is the body of Christ with, with, with an arm over here and a foot over here and a head at the North Pole and a toe at the South Pole? <clears throat> Nothing connected. What's the world going to think as far as a witness of that kind of body of Christ. And that's what we give the world as a witness when we refuse to come together making allowance for each other's faults. Binding ourselves together. Uniting, making every effort to unite ourselves through the Spirit. Binding ourselves together with peace through our faith in Jesus Christ. I think my invitation to us this morning is to be honest with ourselves, with God, with those that we fellowship with. And maybe you need to take time this morning to just some time in prayer as the team comes to lead us in song. And I invite you, if you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, today's the day. Decide. Jesus, I recognize my own sinfulness. I need your help. I know the, the, the direction of my life is not the way you want me to go. And I turn around from that and I will follow you. Help me do that, Jesus. And maybe you're just, you, you made that decision a long time ago, but there are things in your life that, that, that you know you're withholding from God. You're not allowing God's grace to, to be in that area of your life. And there's a, there's a difficult, you have, you have trouble with somebody in your family or somebody in your church or somebody at work. And you know, even though they may not even be a Christian, but you need to show a different witness to them to confess that to God and ask for His help in that. Let's take time to pray about those things this morning. I invite you to stand together as the team returns and we, we sing. Let's pray together. The platform area is open if you want to come here to kneel and pray. People will be at the prayer stations in the back of the room where it's a little bit more private. And you can ask them to pray with you. You don't have to tell them what you're praying for. You can just say to them, just pray for me, please. Or you can tell them something more specific. They'll be glad to pray with you. Let's take time to reflect on what Jesus is doing among us this morning. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling.
once and for all, He paid the price for our sin. We don't have to wrestle with it. We don't have to struggle with it. All we have to do is receive the free gift. And oh, what a purchased for us healing. It purchased for us redemption. It purchased for us deliverance. It purchased for us everything that we need for this life and the life to come. So Lord, today we bring ourselves to you and we lay ourselves down before you. You are Lord of all and we want you to be the Lord of our lives. We want you to sit on the throne of our hearts and be in control we yield our will to your will, God. And we thank you for that. God, we just pray for the rest of this day, for our dads today. We pray as we honor them, as families get together to honor dads, that you would, Lord, just encourage them, bring families together today. God, as we fellowship together around the car show and other things that are happening this afternoon, God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit move in us. We're going to continue to worship for a few minutes. When you need to go, you can go. The car show is around until 1 o'clock today. If you still need prayer, uh, the altar is open. There are still folks at the prayer station. If you're online, uh, there's still some folks that can pray with you for a few more minutes. God bless you. Thank you.